0: Oh well, good morning. I have a couple a couple slides to show you this morning. And just as a group, it doesn't have to be necessarily your favorite, but just as a common to get a common feeling of where everybody's at. We're gonna do the game of that everybody gets at the eye doctor. If you've been at the eye doctor, they put a little lens in front of your eye and then they'll flip it and you'll hear him better one or two. Better three or four. So I'm going to show you one slide, and then we're going to go to the next one, and you're going to say better one or two. So Joe has the first slide there. As, as just a group, better one or two. Now I don't care about brand, just, just as a common thing, most people would prefer number two. Am I right? Am I right? Okay, two. Alright, next, better three or four? Better one, or two? Two. Okay, as why, why did you choose number two? Why did you choose the new truck? Why did you choose the new or fresh donut? Why did you choose the new cell phone versus the late 90s model that looked like a brick? Because they were Outdated. outdated. Very good. Okay. We're going to do another exercise now. I'm going to ask a couple of you that have your Bibles handy to look up a few verses for me. I can find them here. Somebody want to read um, Isaiah chapter 43, verses 18 and 19? Do I have a volunteer for that? Maybe Alvin, would you want to do that? And then can I get somebody to read Jeremiah 31, 31? Aiden, you wanna do that? Um, get somebody to read Second Corinthians chapter five verse seventeen. Do I have somebody that wants to do that for me? Robert, do you want to do that for me? Second Corinthians five, seventeen. And then maybe Fred, would you want to do uh, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 24? <clears throat> and everybody listen to, to these verses as they're read and try to figure out what the common theme is through all these verses. So go ahead, Alvin, with the first one. Isaiah 43, 18 and 19. Do not remember the former things, nor consider the things of old. Behold, I will do a new thing, now it shall spring forth. Shall you not know it? I will even make a road in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. Okay, Jeremiah 31, 31. The days are coming declares the Lord when I will make a new covenant with the people of Israel and with the people of Judah. Okay, 2 Corinthians 5, 17. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has come into person. And Ephesians four twenty four. You put on the new man, the one created according to God's likeness in righteousness and purity of the truth. Is anybody seeing a the theme with all these verses? There is something old, and now there is something new. On those slides, most of you picked the second picture for the truck because it was new. For the donut, nobody wants the old one. Nobody wants the stale one that's been left out on the counter for a week. Everybody wants the fresh one, the new one. Same way with the cell phone. I don't see too many people carrying around the brick that has the little antenna that you pull up and flip open. Everybody wants the new one. So if you have your Bibles, turn with me to Isaiah chapter 43. And just kind of keep that in the back of your mind, this concept of something new or something fresh. Isaiah chapter 43 here. In my Bible there's a heading on the top of it that says Israel's only Savior. I'll be reading verses 1 over to verse 21 just to kind of get a little bit of a background here as to what the setting is here for Isaiah speaking. He says, verse 1 he says, But now this is what the Lord says, He who created you, Jacob, (coughs) He who formed you, Israel. (coughs) Excuse me. Do not fear, for I have redeemed you. I have summoned you by name you are mine when you pass through the waters I will be with you and when you pass through the rivers they will not sweep you over sweep over you excuse me when you walk through the fire you will not be burned the flames will not set you ablaze for I am the Lord your God the holy one of Israel your savior I give Egypt for your ransom Cush and Seba in your stead since you are precious and honored in my sight and because I love you I will give people in exchange for you Nations in exchange for your life. Do not be afraid, for I am with you. I will bring your children from the east and gather you from the west. And I will say to the north, Give them up. And to the south, do not hold them back. Bring my sons from afar and my daughters from the ends of the earth. Everyone who is called by my name, whom I created for my glory, whom I formed and made. Lead out those who have eyes but are blind, who have ears but are deaf. All the nations gather together, and the peoples assemble, which of their gods foretold this and proclaimed to to us the former things. Let them bring to their witnesses to prove they were right, so that others may hear and say, It is true. You are my witnesses, declares the Lord, and my servant, whom I have chosen, so that you may know and believe me and understand that I am he. Before me no God was formed, nor will there be one after me. I, even I am the Lord." And apart from me, there is no Savior. I have revealed and saved and proclaimed, I am not some foreign God among you. You are my witnesses, declares the Lord, that I am God. Yes, and from ancient days I am He. No one can deliver out of my hand. When I act, I can reserve it. This is what the Lord says, Your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel, for your sake I will send to Babylon and bring down as fugitives all the Babylonians in the ships in which they took pride. I am the Lord, your Holy One, Israel's Creator, your King. This is what the Lord says, He who made a way through the sea, a path through the mighty waters, who drew out the chariots and horses, the army and reinforcements together, and they lay there, never to rise again, extinguishing, extinguished, snuffed out like a wick. And then the verse Alvin read this morning, the two verses, 18 and 19, Forget the former things... Do not dwell in the past. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. The wild animals honor me, the jackals and the owls, because I provide water to the wilderness and streams in the wasteland to give drink to my people, my chosen people. I formed for myself that they may proclaim my praise. So Isaiah kind of sets it up here a little bit in the first part, acknowledging that God has always been with them. No matter what they've gone through, all the trials and struggles that the children of Israel went through, that God was always with them. No matter where they were, no matter what they faced. Then he transitions a little bit um, over somewhere around verse 8, I believe it is. He starts talking about who he is. That there was many other gods that could do things. They did this. They might have done that. But no god could do what he did. So after he sets all that up, he gets to verse 18 and 19. And he tells them to basically forget everything that you knew. Because I am doing a new thing. Jeremiah thirty-one, thirty-one that Aiden read. He says, the days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the people of Israel and with the people of Judah. He's talking about earlier in the chapter about restoring Israel and how He's going to do that. He says it's through a new covenant. The word new here, the word He uses in verse 18 of Isaiah 43 and the word He uses in verse 31 here of Jeremiah 31, translated from Hebrew to English, is the same word that we use fresh everybody likes fresh fruit nobody likes moldy day-old fruit everybody likes fresh air nobody likes stale air obviously everybody likes fresh donuts most people like i like fresh donuts i can't speak for the rest of you but nobody likes the moldy ones at least i haven't run across anybody that does maybe a little bit of penicillin ever in there never hurt anybody but But now read these verses again with the word fresh in there. Verse 31 of chapter 31 of Jeremiah here. The days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will make a fresh covenant with the people of Israel. Isaiah 43. Forget the stale things, or the former things as he calls them. Do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a fresh thing. Then he asks a question in verse 19. Do you not perceive it or are you not aware of it? Are you satisfied with the old this morning? What you know about God, what you've read in His Word, what you've been taught, are you satisfied with that? Are you satisfied with the old or are you constantly pushing in to find the new things that God has for you every morning? The psalmist says, the mercies of the Lord are stale and old every morning. Mm-hmm. The mercies of the Lord are new every morning. What God has for us is not stale. What God has for us is not old. So are you the question I have this morning, are you aware of the fresh things that God is doing? Second Corinthians 5:17 that Robert read Pauls in here. It says, "Therefore, if anyone was in, is in Christ, the new creation has come, the old has gone, and the new is here." That question again in verse 19 of Isaiah 43. Do you perceive it? Are you aware of the new things? Are you aware, those of you that are believers, are you aware of the new person that you are in Christ? Or are you still going back to the former things, the old things, the stale things? Ephesians chapter 4, verse 24, that Fred read, says, Put on the new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. So how do we become righteous and holy? Romans 12, verse 2 says, Do not conform to the pattern of this world. Anybody know what a pattern is? Something that you do over and over and over again. It's not anything new. It's something that you just get up and without thinking, you probably do it. It says, Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Those of you that speak English have heard that little prefix re on the front of the word renew. That prefix re means to do again. So if you rephrase that word, renewing of your mind to make it new again. That word new is used 150 times between the Old and the New Testament. And there's also different variations of that word that mean the same thing. Focusing on something fresh, something that you haven't seen before. Jesus in the Gospels gave various commandments that He called new. He says, You have heard it said, but a new commandment I give to you. You used to do this, but a new truth I give to you. Jesus wasn't concerned with the old. He talked of a new life that we have in Christ, a new birth that we can experience in Christ. And he also talked about a new covenant. The covenant he was talking about in Jeremiah chapter 31, verse 31, was the Savior. There was no longer bound by the old law. There is now an offer of a new covenant of a relationship with a new Savior. Not the old sacrifice that was placed on the altar, but something new. Even in the Lord's Prayer, When Jesus taught his disciples how to pray, he said, give us this day our daily bread. He didn't say, give us today yesterday's bread. Because yesterday's bread is old. Yesterday's bread is stale. Give us this day our daily bread. The question this morning is, do you want the new things that God has for you? Or are you satisfied with the old? It's easy to become satisfied with the old. What I what I was taught, what I already know about God, that's enough for me. For me myself, I don't want that. I want everything new that God possibly has for me. I was talking to one of the one of you guys this week about an old hymn that is sung often, and one of the verses. I'm not. If anybody likes this song, don't get offended at what I'm about to say. It's just just an interesting wording that I picked up on. In one of the verses, the song says it's talking about an old way of doing things. And it says, it was good enough for Paul and Silas. Verse 2 says, it was good enough for my mother. Verse 3 says, it was good enough for the Hebrew children. Was it good enough for the Hebrew children? They moved constantly from one thing to the next. God gave them him as a cloud to follow. He handwrote, you might say, his law on a tablet, gave it to Moses, and still, they wanted something else. The things that God had done in the past, they were constantly looking for new. Was it good enough for Paul and Silas? In Philippians chapter 3, verses 12 to 15. Paul's words here. He says, not that he's talking about um, the resurrection here. He says in verse 12, he says, not that I have already obtained all of this, the things he's talking about, or have already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead. I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. We cannot rely on our past victories to carry us through the new ones. Every day it's a new fight. We cannot rely on our past amounts of faith to get us through this situation. We have to ask for more. In Isaiah chapter 42, verse 9, it says, See, the former things have taken place, and new things I declare before they spring into being. I announce them to you. In verse 10, it says, Sing unto the Lord a new song. It doesn't say sing unto the Lord an old one, it says sing unto the Lord a new one. New means something you don't already know. How many of you have started a new job ever? where you've done one and then you switched over to something new. It's kind of uncomfortable, a little bit. You don't, you don't know things as, about your new job as well as you did your old one. Your old one, you were comfortable with it. But the new one, it's a little bit, gets you out of your, out of your comfort zone because it forces you to try something that you've never done before. So now here's my next question. Those of you that have businesses or have jobs that you really enjoy, If God showed you something new that He wanted you to go do, would you do it? You know, Robert mentioned about Glenn last weekend. All the businesses that he had, that he owned, all the possessions he had, God told him something new that he needed to do. And he did it. I'm sure it was uncomfortable. I'm sure it wasn't easy for him to sell his businesses and to do that. But he perceived it He knew what God was calling him to do, and he was willing to allow God to show him something new. The covenant that we're taking part in today with communion is a new covenant. The covenant you take today is a covenant you have never taken before. For believers, you have never taken communion before God with your current circumstances and your current level of understanding for who God is. This is not something that is a ritual that is old. This is something that is new, something that is exciting. And sometimes it tends to be something that, okay, we get the juice, and then we get the bread, and everybody munches. This is something new. This is not something that is just to be gone through the motions, that this is now what we do, because it's that time of year, and we haven't done it in a little while. This is a new covenant that God has established. Something I want to clarify and hear me when I say this, Scripture never gets old. This is not something that, oh, this is the old way of doing things. This no longer applies to today because when it was written, that was back in the old days. Scripture doesn't get old. The Bible never gets old. The Bible is the only book that you can read a chapter out of and the very, you can get something out of it. And the very next day, you can read the exact same chapter, and you can get something completely different out of it that you've never seen before. No other book that I've read is like that. I can read one chapter, and the following morning I can read the same chapter again, and the exact same thing is still in that chapter. Scripture never gets old. The Bible never gets old. It's always new. The Gospel, the good news of Jesus, will never get old. It will never stop being effective. It will never stop being the only way that gets us to a new heaven. If you're not a believer, the new birth that Jesus talks about is for you. Allow God to do a new thing in your life. All the things that that may be holding you back, let God take the old, let God take the stale and become a new creation as it talks about in 2 Corinthians there and take part in the new covenant. If you are a believer, allow God to show you the newness of life, the newness of His Word, and let it be fresh to you. As He says in Isaiah 42, the old has passed away. Behold, all things are made new. That was a challenge to me as I came across these scriptures of really focusing on what is new, and i i don't think that I think everybody hears me that I'm not talking about some new thing that we have recently discovered that there's another way to get to heaven. All roads lead—all roads at the bottom of the mountain lead to the top. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about—are you satisfied with what you've always known about who God is and what He can do for you, or are you letting Him take His word? And put it inside you and make it new. And the new things that you find, grab a hold of them and apply them to your life.